So here's my follow-up question then. If you can go back in time, would you do it again the exact same way? Yes. Why is that? No doubt about it. I would 100% do it the same way. I, I'm just the type of person that just is committed to one person. I don't, I don't have any desire to mess around or play around with other individuals. Uh, I just want to focus on the one relationship. I know that I've saved myself from a lot of trauma and a lot of hurt. And looking back on that, I wouldn't want to dive into those things because I know that it would affect our relationship. Welcome back to The Donkey and the Bee with your hosts, Brett and Laura Schott-Cavis, where we discuss all things marriage, entrepreneurship, and finances. And today's going to be a fun episode because I'm going to be interviewing Laura and talking about sex. Specifically, we're going to be talking about how many people Laura has had sex with in, in her life. And she is almost 40 years old. 38. 38 <laughs> years old. All right. So we're bringing this up because the world is becoming progressively more and more sexualized. It is more common in our culture and it starts younger and younger, especially now with kids, you know, six to 10 years old, starting to get a cell phone at that age and having full access to internet and everything that is there. So people and children are, are, are learning, becoming exposed to sex at a young age. And really, I think without the context or the maturity to properly understand it and are growing up completely misguided about knowing the benefits, the, uh, the negatives, the pitfalls about sex and, um, really creating themselves to potentially abuse sex. And, you know, as they grow from there, having, um, a hard time in marriage and other relationships. So we want to talk through that, um, ask you some questions about your story and then transition that to how has that affected us as now we've been married for about 18 years. All right. So Laura, here's the big question. 38 years young, how many people have you had sex with? This is going to be a surprising answer to most people. It's one. One! One. Man, who's the lucky guy? <laughs> He's sitting right across from me right oh now. Oh <laughs> my goodness. I am a lucky man, that's for sure, huh? I think of this as my superpower. I love talking about this. I think it's so countercultural because... In our culture, it's almost glorified to have a ton of relationships, to get the quote-unquote experience uh, before you get married. And I just saw it as the complete opposite of that. And so this is the reason why I love talking about it. So why did you choose to wait? Two reasons. Actually, there's a lot of reasons, but I think there's two major reasons why I decided to wait. Uh, the first was because I have a relationship with God and I really think that our body is a temple and I wanted to to save that for marriage. And so um, that was the driving force for that decision. The second decision was I just didn't want to mess around. I just didn't want to give myself away because I, I feel like it was giving a piece of yourself away to somebody else. And that piece is always with them, right? And so if you're going from one person to the next person to the next person, it's like a piece of you and your emotions um, are tied to that individual. And when I was 14, when I made the decision not to date and not to have sex and not to have relationships, I just, it just didn't feel right to me. And so I felt that saving myself would be a gift for my future husband. 
and I didn't expect my husband to to have that same mindset of not having sex before marriage. Like I kind of expected my future husband to have had previous relationships. So yeah, I just wanted to give him that gift. I thought that that was a um, a special gift to give to somebody else. So you're 14 when you made this decision. Was there other people that were doing this or was it even in, what is this? Is this middle school, high school? So I was a freshman in high school. Um, I was going to a specific church that was very supportive of that decision. Uh, but I was still going to a public high school. And so I was very open about my decision and my choices because I didn't care what other people thought at that time. And so I know I didn't go to parties. I, you know, I didn't date guys. I didn't kiss guys. I didn't do anything, right? It was very much, I would just go home after school after my practice uh, with sports and then hang out with my family or friends. Uh, and so I, I did get made fun of for it, but I think after some time, people actually kind of respected it and were kind of intrigued by it. So I think a 14-year-old making that decision was pretty mature. And I'm not sitting here trying to pat myself on the back, but like it's, it was a mature response for a 14-year-old to have. So in that time period, you're a teenager, you're a young adult. What was it like? What kind of effects did it have? Was it something that you used to, to benefit you or was it something that was kind of more burdensome? I don't see it as a burden. I was trying to think about if it was a burden. <laughs> I didn't really see it as a burden because I was so driven by um, my relationship with God and the gift that I was giving to my husband that I didn't consider it a burden. Um, I think that I was kind of an example for other people that you didn't have to give yourself away to many individuals in order to feel loved, which I think a lot of high school girls tend to go through. They they feel like if they give themselves away, they do this for this one guy, that they'll feel satisfied and they'll feel loved. And I, I just didn't. Um, I, that was something I didn't want to do. And so I think that I was an example for that for a lot of girls in my class in high school. But I don't think consider that a burden. I think of that as something that I'm proud of that I was able to help other people through that. Yeah. Okay. So we started dating. You were what, 19 years old? Mm-hmm. Was it 20? I think I was late 19, almost 20. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then we got married, um, you know, about a year after that. So you were about 21. Mm -hmm. I was 23 yeah. when well, we got married. So relatively still young, but still, you know, a few years into adulthood. So I want to clarify in the story, it wasn't just sex that I'm the only one you had that had sex with, but it was also a kiss. Correct. I'm the only man that you've ever kissed. Correct. Well, besides like my dad, that doesn't count. Doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't count. Yeah. Okay. So you had you had waited, you had saved, you considered this a gift, and I appreciate that gift. I think it's fantastic. You finished high school, became an adult. We got married shortly thereafter. How has this decision and this gift affected us in marriage, specifically from your side? How has it um, made you a, a better wife, or has it added struggles to our marriage? What has that been like? I'm going to start with the benefits, because I can only think of one struggle. The benefits are, I think, with our relationship, I don't have a lot of trauma sexually because I saved myself for you, right? So I don't have a lot of mistrust towards you because I've never had my heart broken. I don't even know what that feels like. And so I only know what it feels like to trust. 
So I think that that is a super huge benefit because there are a lot of relationships that don't start off that way. They start off with mistrust because they both have been hurt from prior relationships. So I think that's a huge benefit for us because we started off almost just like fresh, right? Like I just didn't have anything that I needed to overcome in relationships. So I think that is the hugest benefit that I can think of toward our relationship. Um, the one thing that I think is kind of negative is, and this is maybe just a me thing, is because I didn't have any relationships prior to, I didn't know how to communicate effectively in a relationship. I think that if you've had multiple relationships before, you've experienced that communication is obviously important and you know how to communicate your emotions and how you're feeling. I don't think I really experienced that and I didn't really know how to do that. And so I think that that was something that we really had to work on in the beginning was how to communicate effectively. Um, and I think that another thing is I was a little insecure coming into the relationship not knowing anything. You know, like I literally hadn't kissed anybody. I literally didn't do anything. And so, um, and also I grew up in a very strict um, upbringing where sex wasn't really like around. You know, there was no porn. There was no um, Playboy magazines. Like it just wasn't around. And so I wasn't around sex at all. So I had kind of a insecurity of like, well, gosh, like, I don't even know what I'm doing really, you know? So, and if he's experienced and he's, you know, had relationships prior to, like he knows how to do it, but then like, am I not going to be good enough? Like what happens if I come into this relationship and he's expecting me to be this like sex queen in the bedroom and I like don't even know what to do. So that was something that was a little hard for me too. I tended to like not know if this was like okay or not okay in the bedroom because I didn't know. So it was a whole new experience for me. Okay. What about this idea that you need to kind of explore and have multiple sexual partners and kind of, you know, sow your wild oats in your, you know, teens and 20s so that you can get all of that stuff out and then settle down and commit? I think that's just a, it's just a gross thing to infiltrate into the minds of young people. Because it goes back to my original statement, what I said, like a piece of you is literally taken away every time you have a relationship with somebody or a sexual encounter. It's like um, there was an individual, and I can't think of his name, he took a blue piece of paper and a pink piece of paper, and he put glue on both sides of them, and then he stuck it together. So it's like the man and the female are coming together, right? And then he let that dry a little bit, and then he pulled it apart, and it's like there's fragments of the blue paper on the pink paper and fragments of the pink paper on the blue paper. And it's like it's showing that like once you come together, the two becoming one, like pieces of you get taken away with that other person. And so I don't know how that could be a positive thing. And so the idea that you should get all your wildness out beforehand, it's a mindset and a habitual thing that you will take with you to your next relationship, your marriage, or whatever it may be, because you've done it so much that's how you work right and then it's almost like oh you're just going to change your ways once you commit into a marriage I don't think that's how it works so I wanted to have the habit of being pure and keeping myself just for one person because that's what I was going to do in my marriage so I completely disagree with that statement that you have to get all of your wildness out for sure so I think it's interesting you talk about these habits because even for men right even if you are not having sex prior to marriage most young men and teenagers, it's porn, right? Mm -hmm. And there is there's a habit there, 
you know, which kind of gets into the slippery slope of like, like an addiction. And that's why it's so rampant. But to your point, you can't just get married and then turn off these habits. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's, it goes along with that same point, maybe from the other side or maybe, um, you know, from another person who's not sexually having intercourse, but the same, same principle you're talking about with porn, bringing that into the marriage is now something that is under the surface. That is something you have a hard time controlling and will have negative effects on, you know, coming together and being married couple and, and having sex and sharing that really with just each other. Mm-hmm. So kind of want to bounce this back at you. And I actually don't even think I've ever asked you this question before, which is kind of strange that I'm now asking it to you. What did you think about this whole thing we're talking about with me saving myself just for you? Like how, what, what did that mean to you when you heard that? So I specifically remember when we first started dating, I guess it was probably the first day and we were on the beach in Huntington beach and I looked at you and I said, now you're going to have your first kiss. Something to that effect, right? <laughs> yes, I remember, yeah. And um, I thought it was maybe a little awkward. Uh-huh. But ultimately, it was just that that moment of awkwardness. And then, and then we just moved past it. And it was pretty normal. So I don't have anything negative about the situation. I didn't feel like, oh, she's not experienced. So, you know, this is a, a disadvantage. I actually think that it helped us really to grow together Um, because, I mean, I had only been with one person prior to us coming together. And so pretty much I was brand new to this whole situation also. So really, I think it got us to kind of starting from the start line, from a blank slate, uh, sexually and relationally and communication wise to be able to really learn this and kind of fumble through it, right? Make a bunch of mistakes with, through, through all of those different aspects, but really grow together. And I think that's been the core of our success in our marriage and why we are successful doing these different things in life, businesses and stuff together because we started near the same spot and then really just grew back and forth, back and forth together in multiple different areas. Mm-hmm. So I think the sexual thing, really, there's no disadvantage from my perspective it allowed us to really learn each other sexually and know for me to know specifically, you know, what you like, what works for you and vice versa, because again, we were pretty much starting with, you know, pretty fresh on this. And I can see how, if you came with a lot of experience into relationship, you're just going to do certain things sexually the way you've done it. Mm -hmm. And perhaps that may not work for your partner. And it allowed us to be able to really communicate and kind of just grow in this in this aspect. Mm-hmm. So from my perspective, I thought it was like a gift, like giving you a gift of this. So did, from the male's perspective, do you see it that way or is it you see it differently? I didn't see it as a gift. Okay. Um, I appreciate and I'm grateful that you gave it to me as a gift, but I think it was maybe just a difference of, of kind of love languages. It, it didn't come across like I received a gift. Um, but I can't argue with the benefits of it. Yeah. The benefits are there regardless. So perhaps it is a gift. It just, it just wasn't my, my word that I would have chose. It wasn't wrapped up with a present or with a, like as a present with a bow. I mean, you were yeah, kind of a little present with a bow, <laughs> but yes, I, I can't argue with like here, the results. I'm a, a very logical person and the results speak volumes, right? Mm-hmm. And our relationship being pretty easy this, this whole time we've been married, granted, there's been bumps and things like that. But nonetheless, 
Like I know people have a hard time with marriage and they struggle enough. For us, it's been relatively easy. And I think it's really because of these core things where we started in the same spot, we pointed the same direction, and we grew together towards those similar goals. And just really learn to communicate. And it was stressing the word learn because it was not an easy thing for us to come into it really with the first real relationship here. And um, I guess just figured it out until we got better at it. So here's my follow-up question then. If you can go back in time, would you do it again the exact same way? Yes. Why is that? No doubt about it. I would 100% do it the same way. I, I'm just the type of person that just is committed to one person. I don't, I don't have any desire to mess around or play around with other individuals. Uh, I just want to focus on the one relationship. I know that I've saved myself from a lot of trauma and a lot of hurt. And looking back on that, I wouldn't want to dive into those things because I know that it would affect our relationship. And so, yes, 100%, I would do it again. I'm super proud of it. I talk about it all the time because it's one of those things where it like, shocks people. People get so shocked, and I love that. I think it's awesome that people are like, what? Some people really respect it, and some people are like, oh, you really missed out. And I'm just like, missed out on what? Like, honestly, heartbreak? Like, no, it's, it's not a missing out for me. Uh, and so, yes, 100% would do it the same. Awesome. Okay. So, obviously, people cannot go back in time and change these things. But you have a new opportunity as a parent to talk to your kids about this. So how are you sharing this with our girls? So I actually talk about it a lot. It's one thing that I, again, I'm very proud of and I want to be the example for the girls, right? I don't necessarily expect them to make that same decision that I did, right? Because that decision was a personal decision and I feel like not everyone has that decision. Um, but we talk about it quite often because as of this recording, almost 2024, Taylor Swift is a very popular individual, right? She, a lot of tweens, a lot of young girls idolize her. And so we talk about her and her relationships all the time, that she's had many relationships, that she's had many heartbreaks, and that she always sings about it. And so we talk about, you know, her life choices. Not that I know her personally. She's probably a fantastic individual. Um, but the choices that she's made relationally is just something that I feel like will be a detriment to her relationship if she decides to, you know, get married and settle down. Uh, and so since my oldest daughter is very into Taylor Swift, we have open discussions about it all the time. And I think my oldest daughter doesn't really think that she's going to, like, save herself for one person. I think that's fine. But I still think that it's in the back of her mind. It's something that she will always think about because we talk about it so much. It's like that little voice in the back of her head that's going to be saying, hey, like, well, your mom waited for one person and look how, you know, great her relationship is with your dad. So just being the example and every opportunity that I have to talk about it, we talk about it. I'm not pushy about it. I don't overdo it. I just, we're just talking like a discussion like this at the dinner table or if I pick her up from school if it comes up or, um, you know, we'll talk about if we see other people's relationships, like how that affects them. And so it's just an open discussion. It's something that we just talk about regularly. So I'll throw that question back at you. You being a father of two girls, what are your viewpoints on all this? How how would you like to raise them as far as, you know, sexually with another partner in the future? So I think that our marriage is, is a fantastic example for them. And 
I want us to really lead by example and kind of more show than than preach. And so I really kind of more defer to you on this topic because you can show, right? Your story is there. Um, you know, if I had a magic wand, I would want them to wait for one person. But I don't want to be the dad who is, you know, overbearing and overprotective and then really kind of force them to rebel. So I think it's kind of a fine line. And I think that your story allows me to kind of stay in the background and and really is more of a, a, a reserve component, right? Like I don't need to get into this issue too much. We talk about sex um, sometimes and, and I'll bring the male's perspective of, you know, men, even kids and tween boys, you know, they have one thing on their mind all the time, right? So I can share that perspective and guard them and protect them and, and show them, here's the other side of this, be careful. Um, but I'm trying not to be too heavy handed so that they don't rebel because, you know, Brooklyn is very much like me and you push and she's going to do her own thing just despite what I say. So I think it's kind of a balancing act there, but I am very happy with your story about um, about sex and waiting and using that really as an example of showing instead of telling. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of The Donkey and the Bee. We're hopeful this is helpful in your journey in relationships or as you're teaching your children about these things, that this is something that you have in mind. Uh, Please subscribe below so you'll get alerted to any new content that we have dropped. We'll see you on the next one.